Hello, everyone. It is 7 a.m. on the East Coast of the United States and 9 p.m. in Melbourne, Sydney, and Brisbane. And welcome to this live episode of A Yank on the Footy for 13 July 2021. I'm Craig Wessels coming to you from Sandusky, Ohio, and I am thrilled that you're listening today. So glad that you could take time to tune in for this live episode. We have had an absolutely wacky round of football. And, uh, well, if your tips were anything like my tips, you didn't do all that well this week because uh, the last five games of the weekend, I think many people got incorrect. Uh, now, there were a couple that were kind of toss-up games. You, you look at the Bulldogs and the Swans, and you know there were arguments that can be made on both sides there. But many of the other games, you, people were thinking to themselves, there's not much of a shot that uh, – that these other clubs are going to win. But we're going to get into those games today and talk about some of those, as well as a couple of other big stories that are going on in the news. Uh, and, uh, you know, kind of a a sad but heartwarming uh, story coming out of the Dockers today as well that uh, saw the news story on this. And just it's one of those things that really impresses me about the way the AFL does conduct itself. And I, I, I think that the... Uh, a lot of the other sports leagues around the around the world could could learn a little bit from them. So, before we dive in, I do want to take a moment and invite you, uh, if you're listening, to take a moment or two to fill out the listener survey that I put out last week. Uh, this is a tool that I'm going to be using to make the show better, and I uh, I've had about a dozen people respond. So, not a huge number of responses yet, but the the people who have responded are folks that I that I know are listening on a regular basis uh, or keeping in touch with me on a regular basis online as well. So I truly appreciate their feedback. But if you're somebody who's listening once in a while and you catch this and you've heard a few episodes and you've got some ideas on what I could do better than uh, that I'm doing right now or some ideas on um, what I'm doing well and say, hey, keep doing that, you know, keep doing that. Don't uh, don't reinvent the wheel. Uh, and uh it would be uh, would be great to hear from you. Uh, I am going to put a link for that in the uh, show notes. If you want to take about, it'll be about two minutes to fill that out. It's not a lengthy survey. I think there are, are five, maybe six questions on the whole darn thing. Okay, so if you're interested in doing that, you certainly could fill that out, and I would greatly appreciate it. Um, also, I do want to encourage you, uh, if you would like to do so and want to check it out and help out the podcast. You've got the, the buy me a coffee page, which is linked up on my website, yankonthefooty.com as well as my Redbubble store page. Great way to help out the, the show. If you want to do that uh, again, another shout out to Kim Harrison, Mick Aussie, who went above and beyond last week. Uh, we'll have an episode coming out this uh, later on this week or early next week, probably later on this week that he and I did, on Thursday of last week, he and I sat down and talked. Great discussion, a lot of laughs. Uh, Kim was one hell of a football player himself in his in his time back in the uh, mid '80s to early '90s. Um, he now has a an entertainment uh, juggernaut uh, coming out of uh, Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, where he talks about footy, talks about the CFL, the NFL other sports, that sort of thing. And just, just does a bang up job with that. And he is a, he's an absolute podcast connoisseur. So, you know, he's, uh, 
he's tuning in and listening to my show and I can't thank him enough for that. And I also recorded one for those of you who are listening that are, that are on some of the different Facebook uh, footy groups. I did sit down and talk with uh, Nick Costa, who's a magpie supporter on Saturday. He spent uh, almost a month in the United States during June and early July, and he's now in quarantine in Sydney waiting to go home back to Brisbane. And we talked about uh, how much he enjoys uh, quarantine, which he doesn't. And uh, you'll be able to tell on that episode just how hardworking this guy is because uh, his his phone was blowing up during the, the course of our conversation there. He had tucked it away and set it off, I think, on the bed in hotel, his hotel room, and it beeped, I believe. 78 times during the course of the uh, conversation. So he, he's a busy guy. He was being productive during his time in in quarantine. So remember, if you want to uh, get on the mailing list or you want to leave a review for the show or a voicemail, you can do that at my website, yankonthefooty.com. You can find me on Twitter at yank underscore on, on Instagram and Facebook at yankonthefooty. And you can also find me on email at yankonthefooty at gmail.com. And when I finally get my ducks in a row and update my YouTube channel. You'll be able to find all of the episodes. Just search out my name, Craig Wessels on YouTube. Now let's get into talk about what went on this week, because quite frankly, this was a crazy week of footy. And I said last week, and I, I just, you know, I kind of use the same template and we'll fill things in on my note sheet as I'm going along here. I have a Google doc that I've set up and I'll I'll copy that document and make a couple of adjustments, make it, well, not a couple, but several adjustments to what we're going to be talking about this week. But the one thing that I, uh, I, I left there, as I said here, I said it last week, I'll say it again. What a crazy round, because this was a, uh, this was a round of footy that I don't think many of us saw coming. Okay. It helped to, uh, bring about a little bit of a, uh, amount of clarity, if you want to call muddy water being clear, because, you know, we saw, you know, clubs that we hadn't intended on seeing win, win games, ones that maybe we expected to win, not win. And ones that maybe in the back of our minds, we're hoping we're going to win a game, begin to gain some confidence. And we're going to talk about really five different games here as we go on today. My tips were not great. I think I got four right. I'm, I'm looking here. I got uh, one, two, three. I got four right. So I got the, of course, I got the, the Port Adelaide Melbourne game wrong. I got the GWS Suns game wrong. I got the Bulldogs Sydney game wrong. I got the Brisbane St. Kilda game wrong. Stop me if you've heard this record because probably many of you got these incorrect as well. Um, and I got the Richmond Collingwood game wrong. But the one that I did get right and and I I went out on a limb on this one last week and I went back and I looked at my notes. I did say in my notes as I, you know, during the, the last live episode, I said, you know, I wouldn't be sh- I said I wouldn't be shocked if Gold Coast won and I wouldn't be shocked if Collingwood beat Richmond. Now, I didn't commit to both of those things happening, so I can't take credit for tipping those correct. I said I wouldn't be shocked if they happened. But I did say that North Melbourne was going to beat West Coast by nine points. Well, I was wrong. They beat him by ten. So I just, I just, uh, just West Coast after seeing what happened to them last week uh, at GMBHA Stadium against Sydney, 
it reminded me of uh, that Bruce Springsteen song, Born in the USA. Um, and there's a line in there, something like, you know, curled up like a dog that's been beat too much. since So you spend half your life just uh, covering up. I, I don't know why that line popped into my head, but it, it, it just did. And I thought, you know what? This is an opportunity for for the Ruse to come in and and get a win against a club that on paper should beat them by probably three or four goals. They're playing in front of one of the most you know raucous crowds, one of the most supportive crowds. And from what it sounded like, there was a lot of booing going on towards the end of the game. Uh, but you know, West Coast has had a formula for a lot of success at Optus Stadium for the last few years. And and I just thought, maybe not this week. So I, I was pretty pleased by by getting that one right. And I and I I'm 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 no prognosticator. I don't know anything. I just I had a hunch. I took a guess on that one and I and I got that one right. So I was pretty pleased about that one. But yeah, it was uh it was uh you know, lots of booing going on when, when they play though. Yes. Whenever they play. And, and is that booing at the club or is that booing at the umpires? I mean, that's, that's probably what we'd have to stop and think about right there. Um, you know, you know, I wondered, I guess we'll talk about the last game first here since I've already brought them up is this was a, uh, this was a, a, a huge step forward. We saw, I think we saw two clubs that, one that is not normally a downtrodden club, but this year has been for much of the year and one that has typically been since their existence, I think take significant steps forward. You know, the Ruse, if you go back and look at their at their club at the beginning of the year, they had a, they had a lot of their veteran players that were out injured that had, you know, that so they were playing a lot of young kids and those young kids were getting experience. They were taking their lumps. They were playing against the big boys, if you will. And it showed on the scoreboard. It showed on the ladder. Well, yeah, we you had a, you know, a few veterans out there that were still working as you know as guiding forces. I mean, you can't. I don't think you can do a whole lot better than you know having somebody like Todd Goldstein playing in the ruck position for you. Somebody who's a veteran who's seen everything in the game. A guy who had an opportunity had he chosen to do so to go play at a contending club, a club who was going to possibly be playing for a premiership this year. Cause I had heard there was rumblings about the cats being interested in bringing Goldstein over. And, and he, from what I've been able to gather, had said, you know what? I want to stay with North Melbourne. And in a way you have to applaud that sort of thing. You have to, especially if, if you are a, a ruse supporter, he has to be, you know, if he wasn't already, he has to become a beloved player for your squad pretty quickly. If that's, if that's, the case if that's what he has done there so it's they they took their lumps their their veteran players got healthy they came back in the side and they're they're moving the ball quickly and uh you know as i uh i typed here for my little um my little headline for the games this weekend that you know that that some of these clubs were in for a and you can't see me doing the air quotes right here a rude Awakening, yeah, I know. bad pun for seven o'clock in the morning. Uh, but uh, they played hard, and they're they're a fun team to watch. They they are absolutely a fun team to watch. And and I, 
you know, and the Eagles battled back. I mean, they didn't lay down. This was not a four or five goal victory. This this was in many ways. If you if you watch the the West Coast and North Melbourne game, the second half of that game, it was in many ways like a, a heavyweight boxing match where the boxers were just standing in the middle of the ring and just throwing haymakers at each other and just just beating the hell out of each other. You know, one guy gets knocked down, he gets his standing eight count, and he's back in, he's back up there taking swings at the other guy, knocks the other guy down. I mean, there were these huge, wild, you know, swings of the score by 10 points here, 10 points there in the matter of a couple of minutes on each side. So it was it was an entertaining game. And if you haven't watched that one, if you want to watch just what was a fun game of footy, even though there was only 130 points scored total. So if you're one of those people that took the over or under, whatever, you may not have done well on that one. But it was an entertaining game. The second half was a lot of fun to watch. So I, I really enjoyed that one. And, you know, let's go back to the first game of the weekend that was kind of the one of the upsets, if you will. And that was St. Kilda knocking off Brisbane by 32 points, 95-63. Again, not one that I tipped, but, you know, the Saints have uh, got themselves positioned to find their way back into the eight here, okay? They're sit they're sitting behind the Eagles right now, who are in the eighth spot. And if you you look at the you look at the uh, the trend here, you know the Eagles have lost three in a row. St. Kilda's won three in a row. Now the Eagles have uh, the Crows coming up, and uh, yeah, the Saints have a good draw too. That's true. Um, you know the Eagles have the, the Crows coming up, and St. Kilda does have Port Adelaide. Now I believe they're I think that one's going to be at Marvel if I'm not mistaken. Now, I'm not tipping the games today at all. I'm going to do that in an episode a little bit later this week, uh, probably tomorrow, actually. But you know, the Saints have have added several percentage points to their percentage, which you know, as as we talked about in the previous episodes, as Tony Davis had mentioned, we'll get a little uh, bit from Tony here in a minute from a voicemail he left uh, overnight. You know, it was almost as though they had to win an extra game to compensate for their low percentage. Now they're at this point in time, they're about eight percentage points behind the Eagles. So, I mean, it still is a a significant gap, but they've now pulled level with, you know, they're pulled, they're, they're level with the teams that are in the seven and eight spot here. Okay. So, you know, the sixth place club has 10 wins. They've got 40 points. And then seventh and eighth have 32. And the ninth position club has 32 points as well. You know, so it's going to be interesting to see what happens here. But yeah, the, yeah, you know, St. Kilda, they yeah, you know, they they played a phenomenal game. And and Brisbane, you know, yeah, you know, well, Jack Steele, you know, he had 32 disposals, a couple goals. Max King was very efficient with his um getting the ball. He had 13 disposals and three goals. I mean, he when he got the ball, you know, a quarter of the time he was putting it through the sticks. So I don't think you can ask, you know, for more than that with a oh, I guess you could ask for, you know, half the time, of course, but he had a pretty good game as well. But Brisbane had a couple significant injuries, and one of them I, I I knew about. Of course, we saw it happen with Eric Kipwood with the ACL injury, and he's going to be out for the remainder of the year. So, you know, that's going to be a uh, a, a big hole in their lineup to uh, to overcome. So, I'm I'm wondering is it you know is it Tom Fullerton, you know Connor Ballenden that are going to come in to replace him? This is going to put a lot more pressure on Joe Danaher. You know, it it may allow clubs that face the uh, um, that faced the Lions to to focus more on on Joe Danaher, which then puts a lot of pressure on Charlie Cameron. You know, so you've lost a couple significant you know pieces 
from the uh, from the side with Brisbane. Now, I, Brisbane's still a talented club. I mean, I still think they're you know they're a top four, top five club. You know, they but they're going to have to figure out how to, to to deal with not having this pretty decent tall goal kicker or decoy, if you will, in their lineup for this year and for a significant amount of next year. Because if this is a twelve month injury. You figure you're not going to see him until probably round ten or ten or twelve, probably at the earliest next year. So he's going to miss a good chunk of the season next year. Yeah. Um, but the other one that I just uh, I noticed this morning as I got up and I was reading through the news and I hadn't seen this previously was Marcus Adams, uh, the defender with uh, with Brisbane, who's going to be out for about a month with a foot injury. And this is this is a guy who, you know, if you look at what happened uh, a couple weeks ago when they played Geelong, he made he made uh, Tom Hawkins look extraordinarily pedestrian. He took Hawkins out of the game. Yeah, that, granted, you know, Brisbane took Geelong out of the game completely anyway, but it was just it was just a situation where you know Hawkins was really a non-factor in that game, and that's because Marcus Adams just shut him down. He did a phenomenal job on him. Well, here here comes you know. The next round, of course, you're losing this great tall defender. And who are you off to play next? The team that just won't go away. They've got Richmond up next. Two decent tall forwards with Rewalt and Lynch. You're now missing probably your top, your one of your top tall defenders. Yeah, is and you've lost one of your goal scorers here. You know, just when we think Richmond is is maybe done. And and again, I I'm not I'm not cheering against the Tigers here. Don't get me wrong, okay? I, I as I've said in darn near every episode, sure, I'm a cat supporter. I want to see the Cats win, and then I want to watch eight other competitive games each weekend. I want to watch some fun games, and we saw a hell of a lot of fun games this weekend. It's it's fun in many cases when a team upsets another one, but the the fact that Richmond is now you know finding themselves in a position where their next opponent, which is going to be a tough opponent, is one that is, lo- is losing one of their main offensive weapons and one of their main defensive weapons. Is it luck? I don't know, but it's just, it's a, uh, yeah. Yeah, and uh, Daniel posted on here that that Richmond is, is done for 2021. Uh, you're probably right, but it, as I'd... Uh, as I've mentioned before, and I've kind of joked about it, and I put little, you know, gifs on social media about it. I said, until you know, the vampire hunter drives a stake through their metaphorical chest and kills off the Richmond vampire, if they find their way into the eight, who knows what's going to happen? Yeah, you know, is there some sort of magic? You know, did uh, I don't know, but it's just until they're not in the eight anymore until they're, you know, mathematically eliminated, you can't win. Then, uh, they still scare me, I guess. It's, it's kind of like the, the guy in my town that was a boogeyman when I was, when I was a kid. And, um, you know, it's a long story and I don't know if I've, I think I might've even told it on an episode, but it was a guy who my dad had said was, uh, somebody he'd gone to school with and, uh, had already been to prison for manslaughter because that was the one murder that they were able to prove that he had done. Well, we had a, a significant thing that happened in my 
the city that I live in that the public works, we had some major flooding that took place because of something that the city had done wrong where they had put um, valves in the sewer lines backwards. So the water couldn't get out to be treated and, and such. So backed up in everybody's basements. Well, this guy who was the boogeyman that I had been told, you know, was, you know, kind of like Michael Myers, Jason Voorhees, that sort of thing from the time I was at like, like five years old. Well, we went to one of the city meetings to, to discuss with the, uh, the city leaders about what had happened, which it turned out that it was their fault. Well, here's this, this, this man who gets up to speak and he has since died. He passed, he's passed away. And, you know, he get, you know, they, they, you know, he's getting up talking and they, they, they say, well, can we get your name for the record? And he says, you know, well, my name is, you know, Steve Smith. I'm not going to give you his real name. He said, but most, most people call me by this nickname. And my wife, you know, my wife is sitting right there next to me. She thought I had a stroke. She's like elbowing me. She said just the blood had drained from my face that I, she said I was just as, as pale as a ghost. And, and this was the boogeyman. This was the guy who I'd been told for at that point in time, almost 35 years of my life that this guy was like evil incarnate. And I find out that he actually lived before he passed away in a house around the corner from my house where I could stand on my front porch and look at him standing on his back porch, smoking a cigarette. I've been watching this guy for years, not knowing that this was the boogeyman living across, basically across the street from me. So like I said, until that's, that's kind of where my, my mentality with Richmond comes from. So it, and unless Richmond is officially eliminated from finals, I just, to me, they're still a threat. I, I know they've lost four in a row. They've looked bad in many instances, but in t- until they're, until they're done, until the vampire doctor says, Nope, this vampire's dead. Uh, they still worry me a little bit though. And, you know, so, and we, like I said, we're going to talk about them here in a little bit. You know, they, they I, I guess, are they done? I, and, you know, Daniel said, yes, they are. You know, they've, they've lost, uh, you know, four in a row. Now their run home is not easy. They've got the Lions, and the next week they've got Geelong, they've got Fremantle, they've got North Melbourne. Who do you think anybody really wants to play North Melbourne right now? That's a club who has nothing to do but say, we're improving and we're going to screw up your spot on the ladder at the same time. How's that make you feel? We're going to get better for 2022 and we're going to screw up your 2021 while we're at it. You know, so I, uh, and you know, and then they finish out with uh, the Giants and the Hawks. You know, GWS is going to be scrambling for a spot possibly in the finals still in round 22. And the Hawks, do you think the Hawks don't want to knock them off and, and get themselves a, a, an opportunity to spoil something for somebody else? Yeah, that, you know, is that the... Uh, the you know the culminating victory for the soon to be former senior coach and and who knows you know even though they're saying he's going to be around in 2022 could that game possibly be Alistair Clarkson's final game as a coach of the Hawks you know they're saying he's going to be back next year but you never know what's going to happen yeah it's uh who knows where he's going to be and Daniel's you know telling me he's, that's going to be Clarkson's last game there but you know, we, we we go back and we look at uh, at 
one of the other ep- upsets of the game. And, uh, you know, that was of, of the week, I should say. And that's Gold Coast and GWS. And I said in last week's live episode, I, to me, I said that to me, Gold Coast winning at the MCG by, what was it, uh, a pretty significant margin against Richmond was the most important win in the AFL last year. I, I, I made, and it's not necessarily from the one loss record or for the, uh, you know, the the spot on the fi- on the fix or on the ladder, I should say, but to me, it was it was because of the 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 fact that the uh, the Suns, in many ways, need that validation. This is a club that so many you know so many supporters of. 16 other clubs. I won't say 17 because GWS supporters, while they've had more success than Gold Coast, haven't necessarily had the the fan base of of Gold Coast because you know they're they're trying to you know you know spread their wings and elbow their way into you know a uh, a very rugby centric community that has already got one well established footy club. Uh, so to me, it was you know the win with Gold Coast beating the defending premiers was really important for a validation for that club to hopefully get people to stop and think you know what this club does have some talent, and of course the big problem with that club is keeping that talent because a lot of those young players will play out their initial few years of their contract and then head somewhere else to play. You know Tom Lich I think spent you know quite a few years there. He's now making a, a pretty you know good good sum of money you know, playing with the Tigers. Uh, but, you know, they've had to, in many cases, overpay for um, expensive, you know, bringing in expensive talent. Uh, you know, Brandon Ellis, uh, you know, they had to do it with, with Gary Abbott Jr. Uh, but, you know, looking at at the way that Stuart Dew is coaching that club and seeing the young talent that they have there with Nick Anderson, Matty Rowell, and, and Tuke Miller. And, and, and you know what? It's, it's a damn shame that he got suspended earlier this year because he could certainly be, you know, a, 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 a Brownlow contender. That young man just goes out and has, you know, fantastic game after fantastic game. I'd love having play. I'd love having him play on my side. And I don't think there's any, I don't think there's any midfield that he couldn't play an integral part of, you know, even some of the great midfields like the, uh, the D's or the Bulldogs, you know, you could argue Geelong when everybody's healthy, there being a pretty decent midfield as well. But I think he could certainly fit into any of those and he could displace somebody from that side and be a better option for them. But, you know, you look at what he had happening there. He had 35 disposals. He kicked two goals. He had 14 tackles. He had 14 tackles in that game. You know, You've got to think that he's probably a uh, um, he's probably got to be an all all Australian uh, contender for this, you know, and 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 hopefully just for the you know for the the continuation of the game and putting a quality product on on the grounds each week, you know, I think even though even if you're somebody who says you know well it was a mistake to put a, a club in Gold Coast, uh. I think you probably still would like to see them be successful just because the, 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 the league has invested so much in trying to make that club successful. And, and I think you would want to have it become a club that is economically viable. One that can be a uh, club that doesn't need the AFL support anymore, that they can actually bring in their own fan base and that sort of thing. Um, 
Yeah. It's yeah. And, and yeah. And I, and I want, and Daniel posted on here that he's got the most Brownlow votes, but he's ineligible. Yeah. And I, and I, and I understand that, you know, the, the difference between the best and fairest, I get the fairest part. Cause that means you didn't get suspended that year. Um, so I, I guess I understand that from the standpoint of, of not being eligible for the Brownlow because you've been suspended. And there is that nostalgia there. That, and that's the one, I guess, the, the one thing that's different from, say, the NFL and Major League Baseball when you have, like, the most valuable player. You know, they try to give that award to the best player. Maybe maybe they got suspended for three games because they, uh, you know, they they talked back to an umpire or something during the course of a game, and they, got, they had to sit out three games. You know, Barry Bond certainly was not perfect during his career. Um, yeah, when he was playing baseball. So, you know. Hopefully he ends up becoming an All-Australian this year because I think it's richly deserved. And it just seems like such a great um, face of the franchise. Very much you know, somebody who is, it sounds like he's close to signing a, a new contract with Gold Coast to stay there. And if that happens, they, they've got a pretty decent foundation for for a, a good club going forward. Now, I, you know, they're supposedly going to have a, you know, a high draft pick this year, of course, as well. Do they figure out a way to start bringing in some some better talent? Um, you know, or I should say, some more experienced talent. You know, they brought in uh, Ellis from uh, from Richmond uh, last year, year before, I think. Maybe maybe it was last year uh, to to kind of be a veteran leadership there. You know, Zach Smith came over from Geelong. You know, he's been banged up quite a bit this year as well. But you know, it's it's just. Uh, it's 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 good to me in my opinion it's good to see the suns being relevant okay because i think it's important for them to to be a club that uh yeah to be yeah to be a uh a club that is viable that can you know can carry it, itself and be, you know, be able to wean itself away from getting the concessions of the priority picks and the the financial backing of the league yeah and and just somebody mentioned in the message board here that you know, he'd be a bigger name if he played for melbourne for a Melbourne club, I should say. Well, that's, I think that could probably be said for anybody that's, that's playing on a, a club that's not in the hub of the game. Uh, but, you know, you know, let's look at the last uh, of the, of the games of this round that were kind of the upsets, if you will here. And, and, and again, I don't even know if this was an upset, you know, Sydney and the Bulldogs, you know, Swans and the Western Bulldogs here. Uh, Bulldogs lost this one by 19 points. You know, and if you're a Swan supporter, was this really an upset? You know, Donnie Hess, if you're listening, was this an upset? Or was your club the better club to begin with, even though you weren't there on the standings? Um, you know, Jordan Dawson has kind of kind of came out of nowhere in this game. He had three goals, 26 disposals. He's only got five goals on the season. He had three this past round or this past game. Now, I did find it kind of interesting, and it was it was a little bit comical to see this, but you know, uh, you know, Jamar Hagen made his debut. Uh, this round, he had a very nondescript game. Okay, he he was certainly not a difference maker during the course of the game. And I saw some people on Twitter after the contest, you know, joking about uh, about whether or not you know, since he had such a lousy debut, that maybe the Bulldogs should look at trading him because he didn't play very well in his first game. Now. I took that 
as as a joke. To me, that sounded as though they were attempting to be funny. I thought it was rather humorous. But the Bulldog supporters who saw that on Twitter, a few of them were not didn't find it very humorous. You know, they were like, well, no, it was only, you know, they were being very defensive. I don't think they saw that. I don't think they saw the the intended uh, diffusion of of the concern from the game uh, that that whoever posted this these comments had said, you know, because I think they were looking at it for a laugh, uh, looking at the outs at the outside in. I thought it was rather funny. But, you know, some of the Bulldog supporters that I saw, they were saying, well, no, no, it was only his first game. We can't we can't trade him now. That would be crazy to trade him. And I'm, I'm just sitting back thinking to myself. This was a joke, not, you know, not his performance. The, this comment that this person made was intended as a joke. You know, he's going to be he's going to be fine. OK, he's got his butterflies out of his system. But it was just a uh, to me, it was a rather interesting little little thing there. So. um now, before I dive into a couple of the other stories here, I wanted to get into the uh, the voicemail comments that came in from a couple different people here. The first one from uh, Tony Davis uh, from here in Minneapolis, Minnesota in the U.S. Uh, if you did not listen to the most recent episode that came out uh, yesterday, I think, actually, um, it was an interview that I did with Tony and with his dad, Frank Davis, who... Uh, spent a decade in the uh, blue and red with the demons from 1964 through, I believe, 73 or 74. And then he uh, went on to become the recruiting coordinator in the 1980s for Hawthorne when they spent, it seemed like, uh, like eight out of 10 years, they were in the grand final and he was their recruiting coordinator. It was a great discussion. Uh, it was great to get some insight in terms of how the recruiting coordinator's job worked how the zones worked when it came to getting players signed up years ago for different clubs. So we're going to go ahead and pop on Tony's comment here about his beloved D's. G'day, Craig. Tony Davis calling in from Minnesota. It's been a few weeks. I took a little bit of a break. I think I just needed a little rest from footy. Uh, and usually by this time of the year, as a Melbourne supporter, we don't have to worry about watching the games. <laughs> So it's quite <laughs> unusual to be uh, um, focused week on week uh, about how the team's doing and what position they are on the ladder. Um, so uh, we've had a up and down few weeks, but um, finished up last week with a really a most thorough victory against Port Adelaide. Um, it's about as well as I think Melbourne has played all year. Almost had everything working. So uh, that was quite encouraging especially beating them on the road, which has been problematic for, for Melbourne. Um, so now we've got six weeks to go. Uh, game lead on top of the ladder, strong percentage. Um, I think we can actually clinch a, a finals berth this week with a win, um, but uh, also shooting there for that top two, certainly that top four finish. Um, so looking forward to the remainder of the season. Um, uh, let's hope they stay injury-free. Uh, and with that defense, I think Melbourne is going to be tough to beat uh, later on in the season. Um, so I'll, uh, you know, look forward to hearing your um, episode this week. Um, and again, uh, thanks again for uh, for indulging us, the Davis family, with the most recent podcast. It was a delight and um, and uh, a thrill for me, and I can't tell you how much it meant. So. Thanks again, sir, and uh, we'll catch you soon. Go D's. Okay, there's uh, 
That was Tony Davis. Yeah, it was a rather, uh, you know, rousing victory by the uh, by the D's this week. I mean, it was that was a game I got wrong. I thought that I thought that Port Adelaide would uh, would hold serve at home. They were getting a couple players back, and uh, the D's who had scuff, you know scuffled a little bit here and there. They lost a couple of games. They they just went ahead and uh, and and just took it to uh, Port Adelaide and kind of reestablished themselves as arguably the premiership favorites. Now, of course, there was one great image from that. Well, there were actually a couple. The the goal from uh, Amon from uh, Port Adelaide in a losing um, situation there, as well as the uh, the mark that uh, Georgiatis took, you know, basically putting his knee right on top of Max Gaughan's head, which was, you know, I don't think that's easy to do, but he managed to do it anyway. It was one hell of a mark. I don't know if it's going to be mark of the year, you know, because he had another great one there with uh, Gary Rowan as well uh, during the course of that game. But yeah, the D's, uh, the D's have got themselves, you know, well positioned. You know, they're a game clear of the the two clubs in second and third place. Uh, now they do play the, uh, the Cats coming up here in a couple of weeks. Uh, I don't know off the top of my head if they play the Bulldogs again. I think I think they might actually. I think they might actually play the Bulldogs one more time as well. So it's going to be an opportunity for them to to basically, you know, to have an opportunity to, to get themselves back into the, the number one spot there or to maintain it if you happen to be Melbourne. Um, now, one other message here real quickly as we, uh, as we go on here. This is from uh, Harper Pestinger from the Where Do We Begin podcast. Harper comes on the show quite frequently. He's been uh, he's been you know great friend of the podcast. You know he and I communicate about different podcast related stuff back and forth quite a bit. If you happen to be a fan of the Australian Olympic team, I would highly recommend checking out uh, Harper and Lockie's podcast. Where do we begin? Because they've been interviewing a number of different members of the Australian Olympic teams. Um, swimmers, cyclists, uh, a pistol shooter, I believe. I've not listened to the pistol shooter episode, but a, you know somebody who's a pistol shooter uh, as well just this past week's episode. So certainly check them out as well. He is a big bomber supporter, so we'll go ahead and get his take on the game here. Hey, Craig, hope you're well, mate. Sorry, I couldn't be on. Hey, Craig, hope you're well, mate. Very good week for Essendon this week, of course, thrashing the Crows in one of the worst games of the season. And teams around us losing with uh, Carlton, Richmond, Giants and West Coast uh, all failing to win some games that they're probably favourites in. And next week, a big, big week uh, for all the teams around the top eight. Essendon uh, with a supposedly easy game that's being made a bit trickier uh, against North Melbourne. Uh, Saints playing Port, which would be challenging for them. Uh, West Coast, uh, everyone's a tough opponent for them at the moment. They're playing Adelaide. Um, who else is there? Sydney. Sydney and the Giants are playing each other. Uh, so the Giants, tough task there for them. Richmond playing Brisbane and Freo playing your boys, the Cats. So we could see a lot of movement in, uh, in and around the top eight uh, by the end of next week. And just before I leave you, I want to know who – calling it, what is it, five, six weeks out before the end of the season, who is in your top eight come round 23? Predicting it now. Thanks, Craig. <laughs> uh, 
I don't know. I honestly, I now I, I have to tell you that uh, I. Hey, I did, Craig, hope you're well. Oops. Hey, very good there we go. That's what happens when you do this live. You sometimes start the same thing over again there. Um, I got that uh, email about 19 minutes before we went live, and I was just getting it uploaded as like two minutes before we started. So I had not listened to that one all the way through yet. So I'm kind of caught off guard by the top eight question there. Um, I will say I think the Eagles drop out. I just think the Eagles are – they're just really struggling – um, you know, I, I do think that Essendon finds a way to beat North. Um, I, and again, I've not made my tips yet, but I think West Coast drops out. You know, it could be, there are really four clubs that are still possible here. Although Daniel said the Richmond is done. They've got a, they've got a tough run home. You know, St. Kilda had a tough run home if I'm not mistaken. And I'm, not sure if I have that paper still here in my notes or not um, from a couple of weeks ago. I had it written down. Let me do, 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 do. I think I might have thrown away that sheet already. But uh, I had written down their, their final games, and I don't have it. Yeah, I don't have that sheet with me right now. Oh, well. Um, and I don't have the schedules right at hand with me at the moment either. But I, if I remember correctly, St. Kilda's got a pretty difficult run home. Um, Essendon's was not too terribly bad. So there may be an opportunity for them to possibly jump up in there. Uh, of course, they're going to have to beat clubs but like North Melbourne. And that's not taking anything away from the Ruse, you know, because they earned a hard-fought win against the Eagles this past week. But you know, this is a game that Essendon has to win if they want to, if they want to, uh, to play finals because they've got to get back, you know, close to being even. They got to get close back to, you know, to five hundred because they're two games below right now with you know seven and nine record. I think the Eagles are going to struggle. They just seem to be rather dysfunctional. I saw a uh, just a, and I didn't read the article, but it. Uh, I was looking at a news article this morning on one of the papers out of Perth on their website. And it commented that, uh, that the Eagles had spent uh, 12 minutes on the ground the day after um, 12 minutes on the ground, the day after the, uh, the loss to, um, to North Melbourne, that's, which would be today, I guess, actually. So they spent 12 minutes on the ground. Um, I guess that's a recovery period, but uh yeah, um, St. Kilda, they have the Eagles, they've got Port Adelaide, they've got uh, Fremantle, Geelong, and Sydney. So St. Kilda's got a tough run home. If if St. Kilda gets into the eight, they've earned it. Let's just put it that way. If St. Kilda's in the number eight position at the end of the season, they have earned being there. Uh, you know, yeah, this is a club that has you know a lot of talent and – is some of this, you know, and, and and I'm not faulting this gentleman in, in any way, but their slow start to this year, did that have a lot to do with Patty Ryder not being there? You know, he took some time away from the club. Um, yeah, their yeah, their percentage is awful. That's why they're going to have to almost win an extra one of those games uh, in order to get there. You know, because they're not going to they're not going to leap re, they're not going to leapfrog the Eagles in terms of percentage likely, unless they blow some clubs out now. I do think Fremantle stays there because 
I have to I have to stick with them because I had them tipped in the in the eighth spot at the beginning of the year. So you know I. Yeah, to answer your question, I I still think it's going to be it's going to be you know the Saints, the Giants, or the Bombers. Um, so I don't have a definitive final answer there. I mean, I almost have to look at it as though it would be the Saints because they won three in a row, and they've been playing some really really good footy, and they and they you know they they beat a quality team this weekend in Brisbane. So, and, uh, you know, granted it wasn't at the Gabbett, it was at Metricon, but it was still a, uh, it was still one, you know, one heck of a, a scalp to get, if you will. So I do think that the Eagles are going to drop out and I think, I think Fremantle is going to stay there. Um, but yeah, GWS, they could certainly rattle off some wins as well. And, and you know, you look at the game, they lost to the Suns this past week. They're probably not going to lose another game like that this year because that was like, in many ways, a uh, an NFL game because you don't you don't often see the wind have that much of an impact on a game, even at other open air stadiums because you know they played out at uh, Mars Stadium in Ballarat. It was just it was wide open and the wind was you know just gusting to, towards if you're looking at the at the, the the grounds towards the right of the screen. So if you were kicking from right to left you had to you know kick the ball significantly harder to get it to go the distance you were hoping for it to go um but it's uh it's just a uh it's just a a uh it was a tough situation for them but i, I think the giants could possibly be there i do think the eagles are going to drop out and i just i think they're they're uh they're they're going to be a a a tough club to keep in there because they they've got the talent but as i i've mentioned to somebody talking to them i said you know everybody talks about the 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 cats being an old side and they are and and i have to stop and say you know it's really difficult for you know a a little short chubby 58 year old man sitting here saying you know that a a team whose average age is you know who has a bunch of players who are 30 years old that they're old I, i i i do find the uh the the hypocrisy in that statement rather rather laughable uh but you know i i don't know what's going on with west coast i mean they've just have really they've really struggled so harper long long answer to your your short question i don't think the eagles are going to be there i do think Fremantle is going to be there i think the top six that are there are going to stay there i think port adelaide may drop down um i think that uh the swans could definitely leapfrog them because the percentage is only about four points apart. apart. They're only a win behind one another. Um, you know, Port Adelaide's got St. Kilda this week. A must, you know, kind of a, a must-win game. I think all of the games are must-win for St. Kilda, quite frankly. So, yeah, it's a uh, – yeah, it's not going to be, you know, from 13 on down, you know, Carlton, Gold Coast, they're not going to be there. Richmond, again – like I said, until we get the, uh, the 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 vampire coroner's report that says that they're gone, they could still possibly get there as well. But they've got a tough run home. We we went through their their list of games here at the outset of the uh, episode. They've got a tough run to get to the uh, to the end of the the season. So they may not make it either. So could be GWS, could be Essendon, and St Kilda's going to really have to bust their hump to get there. <clears throat> but I think that West Coast is going to drop out. One of those are going to take their place. I really do. 
Okay, or <clears throat> or if West Coast manages to limp in, I don't think they're going to be around very long. I think that's going to be a team that gets knocked out first round in one of the cutthroat final games. Okay, so <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah, something I forgot to do at the outset of the episode, and I wanted to make sure I did this here before I uh, uh, went any further here because we're already about forty-eight minutes in. I did for- I did forget to mention the. Uh, the footy club of the round, and they are the uh, the, the Greystains Goanas uh, Junior Australian Rules Club, and the Goanas are one of the the biggest and most successful clubs in the great the Greater Western City Juniors competition. They play at Goana Park at the uh, Gipps Road Sporting Complex, and they've got teams from the under nines through seventeens for the boys, and the under eleven through fifteen for the girls. They run an os kick program as well. Uh, now New South Wales is still in in lockdown. And, uh, you know, they're going to be uh, hopefully getting back out and being able to play here again very soon. Here's hoping that they can get back out and play. Now, they are running a major fundraising raffle. So if you happen to be in the Sydney area, uh, I don't know if you can make a phone call or get online to buy these raffle tickets, but they're doing a, a raffle with the drawing coming up on the 17th of July. Uh, the tickets are 25 bucks, and they're uh, doing a raffle where a winner will get a six-day accommodation at the Mount Hottam Resort. Can't say that I've been there, but uh, the pictures look really, really nice. So best of luck to the Gowanas. Hopefully they can get back out there and be playing here really soon. Uh, it's just a, it's you know not a fun time for uh, those folks in uh, New South Wales with the lockdown going on. And those of you who are in Victoria, you, you certainly understand what they're dealing with. Uh, Hopefully you have a little bit of empathy for them because they're kind of coming into this a little bit late in the game, if you will. Now, a couple of the news stories I wanted to get into today, and I have one that was a biggie that I'm going to hold on to because I think I can actually devote this. I want to refine this a little bit more, but I, uh, I'll just give you a little hint. I had been working on um, doing a little hypothesizing and applying the the AFL's ladder structure to the National Football League, to the NFL in the United States in terms of how that would work. So I've gone on and and done a little bit of uh, research in terms of how that would be set up and how the the ladder would have looked in the NFL. So I think I'm going to do that again as a a separate episode here coming up, or I'll do that as a news item in a coming episode because I don't want this one to go a whole lot longer than it already has today. but before we wrap up, um, you know, big news out of Geelong. You know, Joel Selwood has signed on for another year. Uh, he's going to be back with the club um, in 2022. Now, I did. Uh, I had a discussion last night online with uh, a cat supporter who knows significantly more than than I do about footy. He's been a footy fan for yeah, well over a half century. And I hopefully I'm not aging you there. I'm not giving away your age. Uh, I won't mention any names. Okay, I will. This is Travis uh, Milestone, who I talked to last night. And he was talking about uh, some of the inner workings of footy finance and how um, players will get sponsorships, if you will, from um, different businesses and that type of thing. So he was, you know, because I asked, I, my hypothesis was here was – Selwood signing on going to mean the end of, you know, Quentin Narkel and or Charlie Constable on the, uh, the cats list, because these guys may be looking for a, uh, 
you know, an opportunity to play a little bit more or to earn some more money. And he was saying, well, you know, it, it really depends upon whether or not another club comes along and, and offers them more money because they may be able to get more and have more sponsorship money coming in, sticking with the cats. So like I said, I'm not real, you know, in tune with the, uh, the inner workings of all of that sort of thing, but you know, the captain will be back again um, next year for Geelong. It looks like, and I, uh, yeah. So, um, we'll go ahead and uh, see how that goes. Um, yeah, I. It's who's this? Who's this business sponsor? The blood bank. I. <laughs> Well, if not the blood bank, at least at least the uh, the the maybe the uh, the company that makes that adhesive gauze, that might be the one there. You know that, uh, or that that metal that metal uh, device that use that is used to uh, um to kind of push down like the swelling during a uh, during a boxing match, that type of thing. Now, so that was the the the. One of the big stories, but the biggest one I wanted to get to here, and this was the feel-good story that I talked about at the outset. Um, um, and that is uh, what's going to be happening uh, with uh, regards to um, the Fremantle and Geelong game this Thursday night, okay, in just a couple of days here. Now, I'm sure um, – uh, I'm just typing in a quick note in here. Um, uh, there we go. Thursday night, the the Dockers are going to be wearing a commemorative jumper in in memory of and in tribute to Millie Lucas. And you know, I'd seen the stories about Millie as I've been following the game and, and I'm sure, and I'm going to provide a link to the uh, news article from channel seven out of Perth about this in the show notes. You can watch this. I didn't know how it would work in terms of uh, playing the news report during the, the podcast. I didn't know if it was going to get kicked off of uh, one of the, uh, the hosting sites. Um, but Millie was a, a Docker supporter that uh, has been, has battled cancer for five years. She had gone un- undergone with, uh, some experimental treatment and uh, with a gentleman by the name of Dr. Teo. And, you know, she survived for a significantly long period of longer period of time than somebody with this type of a brain tumor uh, would have likely had. Okay. Um, but this Thursday night, um, they're going to be wearing a Guernsey, like I said, that her little brother and older sister designed that have a number of gold stars on the Guernsey, as well as a, an angel, a winged angel with a Fremantle jumper with the number 14 on the back of it on the Guernsey as well. And it just, to me, that is just a, that's a phenomenal tribute to this young lady. And, you know, it, it shows me what, what a, you know, a class organization the Dockers are. And it, and, and in many ways, you know, with, with all of the faults that, that people have with the AFL and they don't like, they don't like the rule changes. They don't like the tribunal. They don't like this. They don't like that. There's all sorts of things they'd love to see happening differently. You know, one thing I can say is with the AFL, 
they are pretty damn good at dealing with things like this and and bringing you know and bringing you know the names of people that that of people who are meaning something to their club to the forefront you know so so i applaud the the dockers with uh what they're doing here to to remember millie um, you know, this is the kind of thing that would, you know, would take, you know, a year, year and a half in some cases for the, you know, the, you know, club to get, uh, approval to do that sort of thing, to have a different Jersey, you know, in major league baseball or in the NFL. Now, if there were, you know, if they had somebody who was a member of their organization or something like that, that, that may have passed away, uh, that they might be able to, put, you know, they might be able to put a, a patch on the existing uniform. Yeah, but to to basically change the uniform to to have uh, yeah something that's yeah that's going to look you know somewhat different from what they typically have, that's one heck of a to me one heck of a, a, a nice thing to have done, and and I and I I I applaud the Dockers for doing this, and I and I'm gonna it puts me in a little bit of a quandary this week when it comes time to do my tips because they're they're playing my my team. You know, so I, I kind of feel a little, uh, I don't know, because, you know, I, I haven't made my de- my decision yet in terms of who I'm going to tip yet for any of the games. So, uh, but those are really the two big stories that I wanted to get into this week. Now, uh, before I wrap up, uh, I, I did want to take a, a moment. And again, this is, I'm kind of ending this episode on a bit of a downer here. Uh, before I, uh, I wrap up this episode, I wanted to take a minute and, uh, pass along my condolences to Orville Gibson. Uh, Orville was my guest during episodes 94 and 96. I talked to Orville online probably four times a week. Uh, he lives on Russell Island off the coast of Brisbane. Uh, just an, an absolutely interesting guy. Um, if you haven't listened to those episodes, the stories that are associated with his family are, are fascinating. And yeah, this to me, this guy is a hero. If you've not listened to episodes 94 and 96, Orville's a, Orville is an Australian hero. He's an Australian treasure. Okay. Well, Orville's mom passed away this past weekend. Uh, she'd been battling illness for quite some time. She'd moved into hospice care. Uh, she passed away, I believe, on Saturday. And Orville, you know, I, I've said this to you already, but I am sorry for your loss. Um, now, Orville is somebody who, over the last decade or so, has learned to play the guitar and has several guitars in his collection. Uh, and and he, you know, his mother's health was not improving, so he had been actually working on a a, a piece of music that he's going to be playing at her memorial service. Now, I can't play the YouTube clip of this on the podcast, but I am going to prov- provide a link to it in the show notes, if you want to listen to it, um, you know, she, she is someone, as he said, who was extraordinarily proud of her Celtic heritage. Uh, and he's playing a, a piece on his Celtic guitar called journey's end light, lightly swims the swans. I've listened to it a couple of times. It's a beautiful piece of music. I think it's a, it's a great commemoration to his mom. Um, again, Orville, I'm sorry that you're, you you know, with your loss. I hope you and your sister are doing well with this. Uh, but it's just a, uh, it's, it's a tough time. I understand that. And, and it's just one heck of a tribute that you're going to be paying to her with this. Okay. So I do, uh, I do 
you know, wish you were, you know, wish you well with, with, with dealing with this. Now I'm going to go ahead and wrap up here today, folks. Um, don't forget, you know, if you want to do that survey to help out the show, uh, you can hop on the show notes there. That link will be there here in just a couple of minutes when I get this episode released. Of course, if you're listening to it, the show notes are already going to be out. Um, yeah, I need to drink more coffee in the morning. Uh, if you want to help out the show also, you can go to the Buy Me a Coffee page or my Redbubble site. I do have another design or two that are going to be coming along soon. I just have to iron some things out with the, the person that put these together for me. Uh, they did a, a terrific job on them. Uh, I do hope that you'll consider sharing the episode with your friends and family. And, uh, you know, if you like the show, maybe you'll give it a retweet or a post on your social media and say, hey, maybe you should consider checking this out. It'd be a, uh, you know, be a huge help to me. Um, if you want to give a review to the show, you can do that up on my website as well. You can uh, do that on Apple Podcasts or places like Podchaser. And uh, if you get yourself on the mailing list on there, every time a new episode is released, it'll be to you within about a minute and a half when I post it. Now, you'll get the link to the one that uh, to the episode coming out through the Podbean app, which is where I publish my episodes. Uh, so if you're somebody who uses Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Google Podcasts or whichever one you happen to use, they'll show up there a little bit later once they migrate out there. You know, it could take sometimes... Uh, two or three hours, or I've actually seen instances where I published a new episode where it's taken a couple of days for a new episode to show up, which is not always you know, what I'm hoping to have happen. But if you if you want to get the show in your email as soon as it comes out, you know, go ahead and sign up on the email list and I'll, I'll get you added to that and we'll get that out there. Okay. And folks, you know, this is, this is a game that we, uh, we absolutely all love. You know, this past weekend was, was one that has given us a really good indication that, uh, that we've got six rounds of excitement here because there's it's going to be like a, a horse race. You know, we're, we're at the point right now where where the uh, the track announcer is is that they're going and down the stretch they come and they're going to be telling us which ones are going to be you know ahead by a nose or behind by a nose or coming off the rail or whatever the case may be. I'm allergic to horses. What the hell do I know about horses? Uh, that that was it. That's all I know about horses. So folks. Treat each other well. Be decent to each other. You know, if you're in New South Wales, reach out. Talk to your friends. You know, even if you're not there and you've got friends that are there, reach out. I know they're going through some tough times. Hopefully they get the, you know, if you're somebody who's looking to get the vaccine, hopefully you get the vaccine stuff figured out here quickly for you because it sounds like it's been a little bit of a, uh, a hiccup, if you will. So hopefully that gets resolved soon and everybody's able to get back to some some normal times because summertime's rolling around here for you pretty soon. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, cricket weather coming up soon and we got a grand final to play also. So take care of yourself, ladies and gentlemen. And as always, may your dribble kick never hit the post. I will catch you later. And this is Craig Wessel signing off from the 13th of January. 13th of July live episode. It's not January. Folks, have a fantastic day. Daniel, thanks for all the little uh, bits of uh, notes there. I do certainly appreciate it, sir. Thanks so very much. Till next time, folks. Bye-bye.